This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Achieving Zen in China. And HPE wins Blue Brain 5. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell. That's Michael Feldman. Michael, This Week in HPC, we've been following what's going on with processor development in China, and now there's big news with an x86 chip that's going to be available internal to the country. Yeah, there's a Chinese chip maker named Haigan that is now manufacturing uh, basically a, a clone of the Epic chips from AMD. They're the Zen-based x86 CPUs that uh, are AMD's latest and greatest. They've basically licensed the Zen architecture uh, and and they're able to produce something that looks a whole lot like an Epic chip, which they've apparently achieved. Right. Now, to be clear, this isn't an Epic chip it itself. This is a licensing of the AMD Zen architecture. But now what we get is an x86 architecture by a Chinese chip manufacturer licensed to be sold inside of China, which could presumably be picked up by a lot of the ODMs or even companies uh, operating inside of China, like, for example, Lenovo or Huawei or Inspur for selling into those markets. Yeah, exactly. Now, there is that limitation. They can only sell these particular chips uh, into into China. So like Lenovo couldn't pick this chip up and just sell them into Europe or the U.S., but that does open up the x86 market for China. That was part of the uh, the restriction on this particular licensing agreement. Right. Now, I think this most directly affects the Chinese hyperscale market. We've seen how much uh, they're buying in this space, and some of the Chinese uh, server manufacturers kind of blend an HPC strategy together with a hyperscale strategy without a firm line between the one or the other. But looking at the, the BAT companies there, they're buying an awful lot of processors, and I have to think this will be a strong contender for that market. Yeah, I would think so. And, and we already know Baidu and I think some of these other companies have bought the Epic chips directly from AMD, but now they'll have access uh, to this uh, to Hygon and the chips made there. Presumably, they'll be less expensive made locally and they'll have more sort of control over that that supply there. So they may switch over to that. Um, but this affects, of course, this affects AMD, but they're getting some money out of this. They got $293 million sort of upfront and they're also going to get royalty payments from uh, unit sales in China. Um, that probably doesn't add up as much as if they had been direct sales into the into the country, but they're certainly getting uh, some of their money's worth uh, out of that now, whereas Intel is, is just being harmed by this. Now they have a an x86 chip maker in China uh, that basically can, could completely uh, cut out uh, Intel and their Xeon uh, market in the, in the country. Yeah, I think that's exactly the point. Now, we should mention these chips are going to go under the brand name or at least the code name Diana, D-H-Y-A-N-A, which is a, a, a word to do with meditation. So playing on the Zen theme, I think, a little bit. Uh, but these Diana processors, right, what that creates now is an x86 alternative that's entirely uh, manufactured in China or, or designed by Hygon uh, with the AMD licensing. And I think that does provide 
not only a, a residual ongoing benefit to AMD, like you were mentioning, but it does harm Intel and builds on our previous uh, talks on, on this week in HPC about how Intel seems to be losing a lot of momentum. Yeah, and this is, I mean, China is, is, a, is a huge market. Uh, it's the largest consumer of semiconductor products overall. And you, and you know they're buying certainly a lot of processor chips from, uh, from uh, Intel and AMD at this point. And this will, I think, significantly impact those, those sales. Now, you point out in your article on top500.org, this doesn't necessarily include yet some of the future versions of Zen 2, but I, I think if we take the temperature of this deal, there's the implication that this could go forward. Yeah, sure. I mean, if this deal works out successfully for, for Haigan and, and the OEMs and ODMs within China and it becomes a, you know, a, a good thing for everybody, uh, there'd be no reason not to reproduce this deal with future versions uh, of, uh, of, this, of the chip with Zen 2. And I, th I even speculated perhaps even the Radeon GPUs, if, that's, uh, if there's a market for that there. Now, I'm not sure what all the restrictions would be or, or even uh, what all the options would be for Chinese chip makers. Presumably, they could even go to Intel and license their Xeon uh, architectures, although I, I have no idea if, if Intel would be interested in that sort of arrangement. But certainly, if they're going to be cut out of the market uh, to, to a great extent, they, they might have that extra motivation. And then let's not forget what potential implication there is for the Chinese exascale initiatives as they look at, uh, we talked uh, previously about the, the RISC-V architecture and, uh, and ARM architectures. This ought to be another potential uh, chip in play as an alternative for exascale in China. Right. This was one of the three tracks that uh, people had been talking about for the exascale program. One of the tracks was an AMD-designed uh, x86 processor, the other being an ARM processor, and the, the third one was the Shenway domestic chip. So this was sort of already in the, um, in the, in the mix. I mean, this, this agreement that we're talking about actually was sealed back in 2016. They've just gotten around to actually producing the chips, so this has been in the, in the pipeline for a while. So we could certainly see uh, an exascale track and an exascale system eventually show up with maybe not maybe not Zen, but perhaps the Zen 2 if there's a follow-on contract as well. But we could see certainly some pre-exascale systems and some just smaller uh, HPC clusters now being built with, with these uh, Diana chips. Diana chips. We got to work on your. You're going to be meditating, Michael. <laughs> We're going to give you uh, some nice mantras to meditate on from from Hygon here. Yeah. Okay. Well, also this week in HPC, Michael, I want to visit this story because it's always been one of my favorites, the Blue Brain Project at EPFL in Switzerland, which is working toward its near-term goal of simulating a complete mammal brain by 2020, starting with a mouse brain. They have upgraded their supercomputing capacity. And interesting to me is they're moving away from the IBM Blue Gene. IBM has, has been uh, uh, really involved in this project in the past but their newest system is an SGI 8600 system from HPE. Right, and when you look at the system, it's, uh, I mean, computationally-wise, it's not even that different from the former IBM Blue Gene Q system that was installed back in 2013. That was like a 
something over 800 peak teraflops. This thing is just over a petaflop. But um, the way the the application of, of simulation of the of this uh, this brain and the microcircuitry is described, it's really not a flops heavy application. It's more a big data problem where data movement is uh, is sort of the the rule of the day. So this thing was was tweaked into a, a number of different sort of partitions that emphasized uh, the data extraction speeds from memory, from external storage. And, and some of the visualization as well. So it's it's built more around like a big data and visualization problem rather than a, a typical physics-based computational problem. Yeah, and you go into that in your article on top500.org really well, pointing out that it's not even a, a memory capacity type of problem, and it only has 94 terabytes of memory, which is not very much relative to a petaflop, but it's more about the memory speed. And as you were pointing out, it's really worth getting into the networking and uh, storage subsystem here, which are, I think really in some ways might be the highlights of of this architecture. It's got a Mellanox InfiniBand interconnect and DDN storage, which uh, is uh, an infinite memory engine uh, burst buffer type of implementation. So it is designed to load and move a lot of data very quickly. Right. And I think really the most critical, I mean, the storage to to uh, system is, is is a critical component. I think there's a there's definitely a bottleneck there, but I think the the biggest bottleneck is at the memory level, and I think it relates to the fact that they're trying to simulate um, these uh, brain microcircuits in real time, and so you sort of need the speed of of that data flow mimicked in the simulation to do that. And I think that's why uh, there's that emphasis on getting data from memory. Uh, as quickly as possible, although not much memory, just the the speed itself. We should also mention the the processor architecture gets a little funny here. They've got different kinds of nodes for, I think, different aspects of the simulation. There are uh, Intel Xeon Gold processors, Intel Xeon Phi processors, there's GPUs, there are different sizes of nodes. So it, it looks like it's a, a really a heterogeneous architecture in of itself where they might be uh, loading uh, different workloads onto different nodes or different aspects of the workload onto different nodes, probably not unlike a brain itself. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why it's 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 got these different partitions. Certainly, the GPUs will be used for visualization. But in the uh, in the press conference in the run up to this announcement, they also talked about using some deep learning techniques to do some of the some of the work they want to do. So the GPUs might be utilized for that as well. And of course, the Xeon Phi's have that many core architecture that does have that fast memory access as well. So that might be utilized for for some of the more memory-sensitive uh, operations. And our common listeners to This Week in HPC will know that I'm a big fan of this kind of research. I think this is going to be enormous. And I look back on the Human Genome Project earlier in my career in HPC when you know, we started with things like fruit fly and mouse genomes and then eventually mapped the entire human genome in 2000, which sounds like the end of a problem, but in actuality gives birth to the entire field of genomics. And you look at what that's done over the last 18 years. We're now about two years away, according to this timeline, from a complete simulation of a mouse brain. And it won't be too many steps after that before you're doing a complete simulation of a human brain. Now, 
we, we've had the Human Brain Project also, and I think a lot of the expectations of that got overblown. We're not talking about designing a computer that thinks the same way a human brain thinks. That would be an AI project. This is about more of the 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 uh, the, the physical nature of a human brain and how it works, so that we can model. Um, we can model thought and memory processes, but also potentially things like uh, brain traumas or concussions or or uh, or or brain uh, uh, brain oriented diseases such as Alzheimer's or, or autism. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing what supercomputing can do to advance the field of brain science. Yeah, it, it it certainly should be interesting that 2020, which is now just a couple of years away, it'll be interesting if if they meet that goal. And like you said, once once you do a mouse brain, it's it's basically another order of magnitude step to get to a to a human brain. So that would be a, a quite a milestone. All right, Michael. Well, thanks to uh, fascinating stories as usual. Our listeners can go to Top 500 get the full coverage. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.